but I've been a nationally syndicated price of business show. Any long-term listener of this program knows I go way beyond business. Uh, this program is now over 20 years old. It's hard to believe. Um, but I love to talk about things, you know, including culture, uh, lifestyle, lots of mental health, because, frankly, that's a big challenge for all of us, and issues I think about and, and, and try to work on my personal improvement all the time. Um, one of the people that I, I think has had one of the most profound impacts on me personally and my destiny segment, uh, Dr. F. Allen Pickering. He's someone I've known. Frankly, I've known him so long that neither one of us really want to say how long we've known each other. <laughs> so that's, that's really phenomenal. Uh, I know, I've known him since I was 16 years old, and he is one who's had a, a really profound impact on me. Uh, we, we met, uh, I met him before I was a believer in uh, Christ, and so, and this is not a religious show, I don't get into this very often, but it's impossible to have this conversation without mentioning it, um, and uh, he's, he's one who introduced me to, uh, to him, so very delighted, and it has discipled me, and has been a mentor of mine for, for literally decades, not to make you feel old, brother, but uh, yeah. glad to have you on. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's it's a joy to connect with you here in this venue. I um, appreciate the, the long relationship we've had that we don't speak in years, we speak in decades. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, that says volumes. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, you've written 13 <laughs> books, which is phenomenal. Correct. We're going to talk heavily about one book that I had, uh, I had the pleasure of having a lot of dialogue with you about and uh, great conversations about, and uh, something I'm working on and, and around as well. I'm doing some writing in this particular space as well. Um, but give us a panoramic overview of your uh, 13 books. You don't have to talk about all of them per se, but some of the titles and what made you go into those directions. Yes, Kevin, well, thank you. I, um, uh, somehow I, I kind of merged into becoming a prolific writer because in my counseling with people, I discovered that, they had such great needs in various uh, uh, areas. And so um, as I, you know, studied those areas, you know, I would collect notes and things like that and, uh, you know, hand things out to people because I, you know, I'm very proactive with the people I counsel. But then I just started accumulating information to decide why not turn this into a book. So, you know, I've written a book for marriage called Essentials, Every Couple Needs for a Happy, Healthy, Successful Relationship. Uh, love, because many couples have uh, – a lost love, a shattered love, and so I wrote a book called Love, Understanding Experiencing the Best. Uh, Bold Love is a book about uh, man's struggle with sex. Emotional regulation, who doesn't struggle with emotions? Uh, I've got uh, living in the age of rage, self-discipline, uh, the idea of self uh, of asserting yourself versus being passive compliant, passive aggressive. I have a whole book on personality disorders, a book on uncommon family, two heavy biblical books, one on Ecclesiastes, so what's the point, and then Chasing Wisdom on Proverbs. But this book on tortured, it's called The Tortured Soul that we're discussing, uh, regret and self-loathing in the human psyche. And uh, I was, uh, I noticed, Kevin, that I, I started as I got older, I started feeling, had feelings of regret. And um, I was doing a PhD work at that time, and uh, uh, which, you know, this second uh, doctorate that I've uh, worked on has been in these later years. Um, I, I was, uh, I was kind of, um, oh, I don't know, taken back by this phenomenon within my own psyche of feeling regret. 
and why these feelings of regret. And so that's what we're going to unpack, uh, you know, today. Yeah, and you've had a really interesting background uh, academically uh, with a, a doctorate in ministry um, and uh, as well as in, in uh, master's in family therapy and uh, really a, a, an incredible eclectic to a certain extent, but within a certain uh, path, if you will, of academic uh, background and interest. And so you bring a lot to every conversation. And I think the PhD work you've been doing at Liberty is uh, very interesting, as you know. I, I like the uh, unique approach you're taking. So, yeah, regret is huge. And it's something that, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it is driven by, uh, and I've read your books, as you will know. I've read it thoroughly and uh, inspired a lot of my own writing. Uh, you and I have kind of, I think, different views about what to do about it, uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with the person, right? It's not one yes. size oh, yeah. fits all. And so the tools that, that you provide, um, you know, and really when I look at all 13 of your books, they're almost like um, uh, use, you know, uh, user books, you know, like you yeah, car, user well, friendly. here's Correct. a user book for relationships or, or for, uh, you, you know, like a guide, a personal guide. They're phenomenal. Frankly, they're, they're among the most interesting out there and so relevant to the times we live in. But um, some people just naturally struggle with regret. I think a lot of that has to do with personality. Um, but um, I think everyone has to look at it differently, and, they, and different people require different tools to navigate whatever issue it is, not just regret. Well, Correct. Yeah. Well, statistically, um, a Pink, a guy named Pink, uh, wrote a book called The Power of Regret, and uh, he uh, established the American Regret Project, uh, and uh, uh, 4,489 people were involved in that uh, particular survey. Uh, he also has a World Regret Survey. But here's what um, was discovered, that uh, 1% of people never have feelings of regret. 17% rarely have feelings of regret, but listen to this, 38% have occasional feelings of regret, 23% frequent, 20, 21% have feelings of regret all the time. So we have, it, that shakes out to 82% of people have significant feelings of regret. And, uh, you know, I have to confess that I have uh, entered into that category of 21%. I, I have feelings of regret almost every single day. Uh, not that I've lived badly, but when I think about uh, all of the, like the opportunities that that I missed, uh, the, you know, decisions that I made, I should have turned instead of turning left, I should have turned right. Uh, you know, time wasted is is a big one, and uh, and so uh, you know, why why these feelings of of regret, as, especially as you get older? Because I think as you do get older, you get high up on this mountain of life, and you're able to see the contour of your journey. And, uh, and, and you're able to have a little bit more objectivity about how you journeyed up this mountain of life. But also, from a theological mm -hmm. perspective, as we're getting closer to God, you know, we, we are mortal. As we get closer to God, I, I think there's a sense, if you're a believer, there's a sense of his holiness. And you realize how unholy you have been, the things you've said to people, the way you've treated people. In fact, it's amazing, and I just have to, you know, share this perspective with Robin about Robin Williams, who commits suicide. And he said this. He said, the only people who don't look back with regret are idiots and psychopaths. I got a lifetime of regrets, boy. Why? But why? I mean, what kind of God, what kind of world? It's a stinking con game. You grow up being told 
pay for the sweets and the roses, then they hit you with a pickaxe in the ear. They say, you pass through it. They say, don't you hate me, let it go. Anger is the only thing they left me. I love you, that's my rock bottom. That's my beautiful, my dawn and naked soul. I was wrong, I hope you can forgive me. And then he went on just hours later to commit suicide. But that statement that he felt tremendous regret and he can't understand people who don't feel regret. So, and you know, I don't know what your level of, of feelings of regret are, but mine are quite significant. Yeah. So, in in so, like, but see, well, you and I could do hours on this alone. So, how, oh, yeah. what was his solution to his regret? Oh yeah. Well, so so that uh, he, he, he let me just finish my well, point. You, you know what my point is, but but just to finish my point. Um, I, I think regret is certainly inevitable. I certainly agree that uh, it will not having a measure of there's a, there's it's like what is it regrets a tool that you don't use all the time. If it's something you're using all the time, then it's becoming a pathology. It's something that's destroying you. And so oh, that's uh, that's the whole whole thing. We don't uh, we don't want to be living in regret. Uh, we do, you know we gotta we gotta simply uh, oh I see I can learn from that and keep moving. I think the most important things that have happened in mental illness uh, really since uh, cognitive behavioral therapy was coined in the 1960s. But I could go back to cognitive behavioral therapy that was used by the Stoics, uh, you know, two millennia ago. This mm-hmm. idea of staying in the present, and that doesn't mean you pretend there was no past or have any problems with what we've done, but that we're constantly moving. We're only learning, and I think about the opportunity cost of being stuck, and I'm not saying you're advocating any of these things. In the beginning, it goes back mm-hmm. to what I said at the beginning. Different people, different struggles, different time frames for overcoming. I get that. Your book is really good, very good, not only well written, but very useful to certain types of people require more help, but I think the best philosophies are ones where, oh, it's a tool. I'm going to use it, but i got to keep moving. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you put your hand on a hot stove, you, you know, you regret doing that, but regret informs you, and so regret can make us better. It can, uh, you know, sharpen our distinctions, our, uh, our discernment of things, and so, you know, there's, there's all kinds of regret, but yes, the, the, the issue is how do, how do we solve this? And so I go into some, quite a bit of detail about, you know, how the value of regret and, uh, uh, but I want to point out one more thing before we go kind of into that is that we must make sure that regret does not um, shift into self-loathing and self-loathing is a yes. different level. I think that's what happened with Robin Williams. He was into self-loathing and you see the difference between uh like peter and uh judas uh you know judas went into self-loathing and killed himself peter had regret for denying christ but he confessed and you know he he went on to become a great uh, leader in the church but there is a difference i lay out kind of the difference between regret and self-loathing but one must not slip into self-loathing that is very destructive yeah, I love that example about Peter and, and Judas. And, and in fact, uh, I love what you know Jesus told told Peter in, in the, right during the last chapter of the book of John. You know, go take what you've done and go back and help the others. Don't yeah. don't yeah. just sit in it and make it something that is you know your your poor decision uh, about denying me. Don't make it something that's terrible and useless. Make it a tool to help others. 
you know, because we, oh, yeah. even everyone likes this. Seems like huge numbers of people, uh, Alan, like to say that uh, it's impossible for them to have a relationship with God because they've done dot dot dot, whatever that is. Jesus wanted wanted Peter to use his horrific experience to make sure others don't think that way. And ironically, yeah. uh, you know, in the Book of Revelation, uh, also written by John, uh, you know, how do, how are people saved but by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? And so yeah, all those things you want to regret, regret have utility, and it comes to taking ownership of our thoughts and framing them in such a way to not only help others, but to help ourselves. Oh, no, no question. And by the way, I want to say, Kevin, I quote you a couple times in my book as well, because you've written on, re- on regret, and I appreciate that. And so I have some very good thoughts that you have uh, surfaced on regret uh, research. Um, you know, what happened has happened to us yeah. in the past. We can't. We can't change that, but we can use that. So all of the bad stuff that has happened in the past can become either meaningless or meaningful. And so if if it's meaningless, it, it amounts to nothing. But if it's meaningful, it amounts to something. And so, uh, you know, God can certainly use all of these past regrets uh, if we will utilize that in what you might want to call ministry to other people, pouring our life out and speaking profoundly out of our regret to help other other people. And so um, uh, this is a very, very um, important thing to understand about regret. So, you know, I talk about in the book that we can, we can gain from our past experiences, that uh, we can, uh, you know, try to kind of undo uh, some of these things if, if we can, uh, uh, if we can give attention to, certain things we we can undo certain uh uh the, the sting of certain regrets for instance uh uh you know we've been horrible with um in, in certain experiences with our children we can we can undo that if as long as they're still alive and we're alive we can undo some of that um you know regret like wasting time and making decisions with our education if we have time, we can say, you know, I am going to pursue that degree. I am going to uh, uh, take up what originally in my heart I wanted to do, but I, I had neglected it, and I regret that I neglected it in the earlier years. And so, um, you know, there's many things as in, in terms of dealing with uh, regret. I think one of the most imperative ones is to really get deeply uh, uh uh, driven into the grace of God because, um, you know, all of us are <laughs> sin and all of us have made mistakes. And so uh, regret is to regret is to be human, but we, we need to really drink deeply of the grace of God. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot about the, you know, the Stoics. You know, I think uh, uh, people that have heard, listen to my show, hear me talk about them as well. They profoundly have impacted and helped me. And one of the things that uh, that uh, Seneca talked about was the fact that you should just wake up one day and recognize your life is over. It's done. Therefore, you better make every moment that you've got extra uh, as valuable useful as possible, you know, for your own self-enrichment, so your, for your own improvement, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, and it's an interesting way of wording it because he's saying, yeah, it's already done, but somehow you've got, you've got overtime, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. because really from the moment we're conceived until we pass away, you and I both know of, 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 of infants that have died uh, over the years, uh, you know, it's not only stories, but even in my personal life, I know these. 
And so from the moment we're conceived until the moment we pass away, we're on borrowed time. And how much more empowering life would be if we operated with that assumption rather than I'm only 18, I got plenty of time, or 35, oh, yeah. I got plenty of time. That kind of stuff is what leads to regret. That's that's quite yeah, quite the myth that we have plenty of time. We 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 really don't have much time. You know, our life is is but a vapor. And uh, uh, there was a, um, uh, there's some perspectives on time that all of us have to really get. And if we can get those earlier, uh, like teach us to number our days that we may present to the uh, a heart of wisdom. You know, the scripture says. So, you know, um, you know there, you know, as we continue the journey of life. Um, all of our regrets can be utilized um, in ways that uh, can be quite meaningful, and uh, and so I, I'm very much pro uh, people not giving up with life, no matter what they've done, and embracing new things uh, out of their vast experiences of, of regret, whatever they may be. Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty, plenty there. I that scripture I refer to earlier from Revelations, that people are saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That is one of my, probably my favorite, favorite verse, or certainly one of my favorite. Uh, we're so shy and we're so protective of the struggles we've had. You know, and really the Bible is full of examples of having the exact opposite approach. You know, I look at First John chapter 1, right? If we are walking in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and if we're willing to confess our own righteousness, you will wash away our transgressions. Well, that sounds more like a 12-step meeting than it does most churches today. And I think that kind of humility and transparency and utility of our experiences is exactly what God's looking for in our lives. Oh, no, no, no question about that. Um, you know, uh, there is, um, you know, there's a lot when it comes to like neuroscience and, you know, kind of behavioral science, you know, the, the idea of building new commentary in our brain, you know, we, we develop in our brain thoughts about these past experiences. Well, what are the commentaries wrong? What are the commentaries, bad commentary from these past experiences? That's why sitting down with someone who's well experienced and discussing the commentary that we have developed around these experiences and, and building new commentary, new perspectives on these past experiences that we've had is, is a very helpful thing to do. And I encourage everyone in your audience to, to really get on that level with somebody to discuss uh, things that are bothering them and that uh, from their past, past regrets, and, and, and see if uh, there needs, if you can shape a new commentary uh, around these experiences that are, that are in your brain. And um, and this will bring liberation uh, to a person. Yeah, I love that. That's a great note to end on. Dr. F. Allen Pickering, one of my closest friends. I love him like a brother with a different mother. My big brother, though, uh, you know, again, having a profound impact on me personally and professionally. And the uh, the patience of a saint for how he has been a friend. <laughs> a friend of mine for so many years. Uh, no, no time for final thoughts. I knew this was going to happen. And we're going to have too much fun. Oh, yeah. but we must give your website as we wrap it up, Alan. Yeah, the website is uh, ultimatelifenow.org. Ultimatelife, L-I-F-E, now.org. And they can, they can order my book uh, from that website. Yeah, check out the books. Don't, yeah, all of them are great. I, I uh, personally, again, find how how useful they are and how easily accessible they are. To me, the greatest, brilliant 
writing out there is is access, accessible, and uh, he's really a master at that and gets to the point because people are busy and time is uh, very precious. Alan, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Kevin. God bless you. I am Kevin Price. Stay tuned for more after this. 